And we're back. Welcome to No Direction, the Pathfinder News Reviews and Interviews podcast. I'm Vanessa Hoskins. And I'm Luis Loza. And for today's show, we thought, why not take some time to talk about Pathfinder, right? We, oh, we talk a yeah. lot about specific. We never talk about Pathfinder. <laughs> we, we talk a lot about specific subjects or specific books, sure. or, or talk to specific people that work on Pathfinder. But we 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 haven't had a chance to at least you and I, Vanessa, haven't you and really I had haven't a chance, had a chance. Uh, to just talk Pathfinder. And we thought this was a great opportunity with a lot of uh, people looking into Pathfinder as of late. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of talk about tabletop RPGs, a lot about. D&D you know they had uh, <laughs> announcements for a movie and stuff yes. uh, a lot of people have been uh, taking the time to look into what's this Pathfinder thing what's this Pathfinder second edition thing we thought we'd, we'd take an opportunity to talk about what it is how to get into it how to get started and and you know hopefully uh put forth how easy it is to to start playing Pathfinder yeah I think it's it's honestly pretty simple there's a lot of tools that that you have now besides just the very intimidating core rulebook. Um, mm-hmm. There's a beginner's box that kind of leads you into it, includes an adventurer, includes pre-generated characters where you can get a chance to really play with the rules before you have to like make a character and there's all these choices. So there's a lot of good avenues into it. And also just a lot of uh, a lot of different styles of actual plays that you can listen to, some that are more rules heavy that like really will help you explain like, oh no, it's it's plus one or that doesn't stack with this because they're this type of bonus and, and they're the same or whatever. Um, and some that are more story-based that can just kind of get you excited about the world, uh, the like the default setting of Galarian that Pathfinder takes place in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I figured before we dive into any of these great resources, <laughs> uh, we should maybe take a minute to just address, you know, if you look at the Pathfinder second edition core rulebook, when it starts off, it asks, what is a role-playing game? And, you know, some of you might be watching, some of you might be listening to this and not know what a role-playing is, role-playing game is and stumbled upon this uh, without any information or, 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 you know, any experience with those. Maybe we can take a minute or two real quick to explain what's a role-playing <laughs> game. Uh, I always like to explain it as it's like playing make-believe, like when you were a kid, except now there's rules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I kind of put it as like, it's like a, a board game, right? That you might play with, there's, you know, pieces that move around the board and you roll dice and there's a, a board in the case of like a battle mat, uh, but it's also shared storytelling. So mm-hmm. it's not just like going through the motions and I roll double sixes so I get to go again. It's it's richer than that. Not necessarily even more complicated. Like, sure, yeah, maybe there are some really complicated board games out there, but it's just it's got this rich storytelling narrative where all the players are telling a collective story and all the the player characters are the main heroes of that adventure of of that story that you're telling. And that's your ensemble cast for this heroic tale. And the GM acts as sort of a, not only as playing all the NPCs, all the villains and all the people who help you along the way, but the NPC also kind of acts as a director helping to set the tone and set the pacing and all of that and make sure that, cohesively that everyone at the table has a good time yeah it's it's uh, a game that happens to help you tell a story and you can make it as much or as little of a game you know with as complicated rules as, as you want but ultimately mm-hmm. you're telling a story 
or you have a game that you're playing that ends up telling a story. You know, you might not set out to tell a particular story, but the game plays out in such a way that you come up at, at come out at the other end with a fun story. You know, that happens right. a lot when you play uh, in a sport or where you play something like uh, a tabletop uh, war game, like, you know, Warhammer or something, you'll, you'll have a fun story afterwards uh, that sure. you can, can tell as well. So yeah, but Pathfinder second edition specifically, which is the game we're talking about today is a, uh, role-playing game that's focused on high fantasy stories. You're, you're telling stories about uh, brilliant, powerful knights and, and amazing wizards, and <laughs> you're fighting dragons. You're delving into, you know, lost ruins and stuff like that. A lot of the stuff you'd kind of expect from from fantasy stories. If you're into Lord of the Rings, or sometimes a grittier story like Game of Thrones, or, or different things, but it's yeah. all fantasies. Witcher, like yeah, there's so many that we can see nowadays. Like as you said, um, and this sort of takes uh what's interesting is it is high fantasy uh in that it's you know elves and dwarves and dragons and things mm-hmm. but one of the thing i like about the default setting of galarian is it's a kitchen sink setting so there's a lot of little a lot of little bits that you can play with so if you like well i don't know i've i've played a lot of uh vampire with friends and stuff and so we like to do sort of this like spooky creepy crawly there's things happening that the you know peasant folk don't know about the normal people don't know about. Well, there's a, a whole area called Ustalav, which is all about, you know, werewolves and vampires and uh, haunted mansions and things like that. So you, whatever type of fantasy you're looking for, Pathfinder can support it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And and getting started with Pathfinder, you can kind of jump into it a number of different ways. We've mentioned a few different products already, but ultimately what you need is some friends, uh, you don't even need special dice. The game does use special dice, but now you can go online or, or find an app on your phone that will roll these dice for you. Sure. And sometimes some willingness to learn the rules and, and play the game. And if you want to get started, obviously the first step you can do is go out and buy the rule book, the core rule book for this, this game that tells you all the ins and outs, all the information about you know, how you make a character to, to uh, play, how, what the rules are for combat and buying equipment and the spells you can cast and all that stuff. And that is a massive 600 page tome that oh covers gosh. everything. If you only bought the core rule book and bought nothing else, you would be set for life. You can make as many <laughs> stories as you want with just the core rule book. Yeah. Make a bunch of characters. You can, uh, like with some exceptions, you'll still need something to give you monsters. The good sure. news is there's a bunch of them online that you can just go get. Um, yeah. But, you know, the, the books are handy to have at the table. So you're not, you know, trying to figure out what that is. And how do you spell cobalt? Is that a C? Oh, wait, no, that's cobalt. It's different. Um, and so, yeah, it might be handy to, to have those monster books. But, yeah, with if you're just setting out to play, Core Rulebook's really all you need. And it's got some really cool stuff uh, in it. Like you said, there's a bunch of options in there, and I'm just going to show you sort of a quick summary screen on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the upper left, there's six ancestries. So other games might call this a species or a race. Uh, in Pathfinder, it's an ancestry. And there are six to choose from, including human and all your stereotypical fantasy race ones and goblins. Little goblins! <laughs> Uh, and there's uh, everything else that you see there. All of the other 12 folks standing there are all different classes that you can play and each one with a unique play style. So there is a whole bunch of combinations just right out of the gate for you to try and play. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have a lot of your fantasy staples. You can be a rogue, you know, who's your thief going around stealing stuff or sneaking around in shadows or your wizard, things like that. Or you might be seeing things that are less common. I think more unique to Pathfinder, like the alchemist, which is making use of concoctions and brewing up different things to uh, fight in combat, create bombs to, to blow up uh, enemies on the battlefield or, or heal others and stuff like that. So there's lots of different character fantasies you can play out based on your combination of your ancestry and your class, and maybe even add your background. You know, you might've been a former soldier or a farmer or something like that. Lots of cool stuff you can do with that. And as much as I think we would love to get into each of these, that would just be, <laughs> Oh my gosh, we'd be here all week, right? Just on backgrounds. Uh, so if, if you are listening to this, you've probably found the No Direction Network, which is our, you know, network of different uh, shows and blogs. That means you probably have uh, a quick access to the other shows on the No Direction Network, including a, a little show called Legend Lore, which is all about getting into deep dives about Pathfinder 2nd Edition and its rules. And they have had episodes that cover each of these 12 classes and all six of the ancestries available here. So if you want to learn more about those, go listen to Legend Lore. I hear that the, the, the hosts there are pretty cool too. <laughs> are they? Luis, yes. you're one of the hosts. <laughs> I don't think you can say you're you are cool, but uh, your co-host Lauren uh, is also cool. So I, I can vouch. That's why I said I cool. hear they're cool. You I hear they're cool. cool. <laughs> People tell me I'm cool. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, but, so the New Direction podcast, the one that you're you're watching or listening to right now, is mostly, as I said, news reviews and interviews. So when something happens in the Pathfinder verse, a, a new book comes out, a new adventure, a new product of some sort, we're going to talk about it, and we also do. Uh, reviews, although a lot of us work on a lot of the books. So these days they're mostly breakdowns where we were just talking about like, here's what you can expect from a specific product and interviews where you get to talk to the creators themselves and come on into our live Twitch chat on Monday nights at nine o'clock Eastern and ask your own questions of people who are working on the game. And why did you make this choice? And how did this work out? And I, I played the play test of this and, and it changed. And why did you do that? And you can ask all those questions there. Uh, but if you want, as Louis said, more of a technical sort of like, okay, so how how does a, a fighter work anyway? What's the deal with fighters? There's a, a legend lore for it. Uh, I heard you did a recent one on humans. Like, wait, we're humans. Why did you have to explain humans? <laughs> Turns out there's a lot to consider when it comes to humans in a fantasy setting, right? Yeah. It's very easy to understand humans in the real world, but what makes them different is when it, it comes to fantasy? <laughs> All of I the think... psychology profession is just like, hmm. Well... I guess we have a lot more available to us to learn about humans in the real world than we would about That's true. humans in past. <laughs> okay, the- so so you're looking to play, mm-hmm. uh, yes. and you get your core rulebook, and it's very daunting. Uh, where should you start? But besides you- the introduction, where should you sure. start? Uh, you might choose to not start at all with the core rulebook. Uh, if you are like, uh, I'm sure, two thirds of people that ever get into role playing games, you are not doing so alone. And there is a good chance that there's someone that's already played the game that can tell you how to do some of this stuff. As great as it is to be able to sit down and read 600 pages front to back and learn the intricacies of the rules in an amazing uh, weekend long, you know, binge of the core rule book, that's probably not realistic. And, (laughs) you know, it's ultimately kind of unnecessary. If you're playing this game, 
unless you are running the game if you're the the game master the person who is the the referee and kind of in charge of the rules and helps guide the story and, and the characters along you don't need to know everything you will probably want to know everything about your character and your ancestry and the things you can do so if you're a goblin and you're a bard you want to learn all about goblin stuff and all about the bard stuff and all about the bard spells and maybe the basic rules for combat but that's you know we'll say 25 percent of the book you don't have to read all of the other stuff to, to know how to play your character uh, especially not out of the gate so turn to people who know the game if you have the luxury of getting to play with people that have already played the game ask them and they can help you get started they'll guide you through the character creation process they'll guide you through the rules and everything as you play and if you don't there's also an amazing community of people out in the world that are probably able to take you under their wing especially with online play for for role-playing games as of late uh, it's easier than ever i feel you can mm -hmm. connect to uh, any number of online groups uh you know paizo the the company that makes pathfinder has their own forum that you can connect with people we at no direction uh, have our own discord server that you can hop on to ask questions or get you started and, and start for a new group there's a lot of uh, different places that you can connect with people and i think having someone with you you know they, i feel like a lot of people have a story about that uh cousin or, or, or school friend or, or your uncle who taught you how to play D D or tell you to play pathfinder try you play whatever game it is you know you, you a lot of people have that that mentor there that, that can help you out with a lot of stuff yeah and if if you're saying well but no one in my friend group knows how to do that um and and honestly we're we just want to figure it out on our own. You know, maybe mm -hmm. you live in a small town in Indiana and the four or five or six of you are the only ones who do role playing games in your area that you're aware of. Uh, you can start with the beginner box, which mm -hmm. will kind of lead you through the process. So I mentioned it before. Uh, it is a box set. It comes with some basic get started rules, some pre-generated characters so you can see how things are put together and a little adventure for you to play to just get a taste of the rules. And that's one of the easiest ways to learn the rules if you're starting from scratch. Uh, and I see you posted a link there in chat. Thanks so much. If you do say like, let's say you're just on your own, right? And you're like, I don't know, maybe I just moved towns, maybe something like that. And you're like, well, I would really like to try this Pathfinder thing. And like Louis said, like, you know, may maybe someone could show me that's the easiest way for you to learn. Uh, then you can find maybe a Pathfinder Society game near you. That is a worldwide organized play organization. That's scary. What does that mean? It just means that we're all playing together. Um, and there are people that are playing in groups that can guide you. Uh, if you are familiar with the world's largest role-playing games, Adventures League, uh, it's similar to that, but with more adventures and a bit more structure. Uh, and you can find that online. Just look for Pathfinder Society and look for some agents in your area. And yeah, go uh, <laughs> go find a group to play with and they'll be able to walk you through. The, the folks that run the society are used to getting new folks and teaching them the game all the time. So you'll be in good hands. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So we mentioned a couple of different products for the rules. You know, the beginner box does have a kind of condensed trimmed down version of the rules to, that dovetails nicely once you want to move into the full game you can uh, go from beginner box to the core rules without any uh transitional woes i guess um between those it's the exact same rules but uh you know a lot of this stuff isn't necessarily easy to jump into especially uh you know if you're on a budget you know, sometimes 
dropping 50 60 dollars on a book or a beginner box or maybe you know for everyone at the table getting a, a rule book and dice and everything that, that you need to get started can be kind of difficult so you know it's a shame that there's no way to like, <laughs> play this game without having to buy the book or, or check out the rules real quick you know give it a, a, a look to see but if you Luis, like them and then decide to there buy the is there, the, there's what <laughs> So one of the things that's pretty cool, I'm going to get into a little bit of legalese for just a moment, if you'll bear with me. Uh, Pathfinder is is published under what's called an open gaming license, which basically means that you can quote rules and stuff and use it in your database app and all sorts of things if you want, as long as you give credit back to the, the game that it came from. And so because of that, that means we have fantastic websites like the Archives of Nethys. Boy, that's a, that's a handful. Uh, it looks sort of like this. If you're watching the stream, you can see it. It's a nice dark page. Um, it's got a little side menu that you can search for all sorts of stuff. And on the main landing page, there's a big link at the top that says new to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Click here and it will take you through a lot of the stuff that you'll find in the core rulebook about uh, introducing you to the game, sort of how to play, uh, the, the concepts you should be looking for, things of that nature. So that is a great resource because all of the rules, wait, all of the rules, Louise? All, all of the rules. All of the rules are on this website yeah. from Not all just of the, the core books. rules. Yeah. Everything yeah. from the moment the game came out to forever on will be there. Forever on. Yep. And so all of that stuff is free online. So if you're saying, yeah, if, you know, pocket changes is hard to come by, you can, and, and you don't mind reading websites, you can read archives of Nethys. Now the books are still great. They're beautiful books. They're well-made. Mm -hmm. They have fantastic art. Uh, a lot of the time, I know there's that like kinesthetic feel of flipping through a book or going right to the spells section and just like opening this big tome to look at, oh, what's my spell do? But, you know, hey, if if you just have the Internet and that's what you got, that's what you got. Great. Open a bunch of tabs. Uh, that's how I make characters, actually, is I just open a tab for every feat I'm thinking about taking and like read and compare. So, you know, you you've got that available to you. And. The one thing to know about Archives of Nethys is that it has all the rules, but it doesn't have every single thing you could find in a Pathfinder book. It doesn't have all of the cool art. So if you'd like seeing art of characters or, or you know, adventurous fighting or monsters or whatever it is, fantasy, you're going to not find most of that on the Archives of Nethys. It's maybe uh, a few pieces here and there so you understand, like, what is an owl bear? What What is a... a arboreal owl is bear a, like an owl a and a bear that are friends well say yes for now <laughs> you can find out for yourself uh and the other thing <laughs> you won't learn about is all the lore all the setting information all the things about the world of pathfinder so if you want to learn more about where do elves come from where do the dwarves live where do owl bears live you know you're not going to find that on the archives and that's just you'll have to get the the full books on that sure. so any any story information or setting information you'll want to get the books but in terms of jumping in learning the rules or you know even just a quick reference whenever you need archives and that is, is kind of always available for that another one i want to give a quick shout out to uh if if you're in the middle of playing the game so you've you've sort of played a few sessions and all of a sudden you're like uh, i want to cast magic missile but uh i forget what it does if I cast it with two or three actions. I know I, I it's one of these weird spells where you can use as many actions as you want to cast it. How does it work? Uh, one great site to look that up is one called the Pathfinder. How do I get this right? Uh, Pathfinder Easy Library. 
So the Pathfinder Easy Library, and now in dark mode, uh, is a great resource for just quickly looking up, like, as I said, like the, if there's a feat you want to look up or a rule or even a creature, uh, if you're as the GM and you're like, oh, um, I'm running this adventure and it says to use something out of a book I don't have. You can just look it up even on your phone really quick and it just super fast pulls up and mm -hmm. you can you can run it off there. I have done this multiple times. Uh, so that's a really good site for quickly pulling up information if you know the name of something. So you mentioned magic missile and multiple actions, and I think that uh -oh. leads to a thing I was going to ask here. Sure. Uh, what makes Pathfinder a game I would want to check out? I've played D&D, &D and I've played Fantasy Age, and I've played, I don't know, Call of Cthulhu. I've played Pathfinder 1st Edition. What is happening in Pathfinder 2nd Edition with the rules that is interesting and, and might be another reason why I'd want to play this game? Mm -hmm. You're asking me? What I'm is asking you, yeah. <laughs> so one of the things that uh, people are really excited about is called the three-action economy. If you've played other role-playing games, it can get confusing sometimes where it's like, well, you've got a move action and a standard action. And you're like, no, I don't want standard. I want extra large. That's not a thing. Um, you might have like a swift action, immediate action, a reaction, a, a magic action, a fighting action. A, you know, there's some, oh, there's so many so many actions and some actions that can become other actions but not all actions can become all actions so then you have to have this flow chart of actions and what can become it gets very confusing pathfinder is really cool because there's basically only two things there's a reaction which is literally the something happened and you do something back and there's an action and you get three of them every turn which is cool you want to swing that sword at someone that's one action you want to move over there that's another action you want to jump over that little pit that's an action uh, and so it makes it very easy to figure out like, okay, here's what I want to do with my character. Uh, I'm going to jump over the pit. I'm going to run over to the cobalt and I'm going to, I don't know. I just kind of, I don't want to like stab him. I just want to grab him. I don't want him to run away anymore. You're like, okay, well that's a grapple. That's also an action. Very cool. And it makes it super, super easy. Now, some things they're extra special, cool things, right? Like casting a spell. Most of those are two actions. Most of those are like, I use one action to move my hands around and one action to encant something and boom, a spell happens. So you, you can put your actions together in little, in little bits, but you don't have to worry about what kind they are. They're just, they're three of them. Do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Three actions, I think make the game very easy, very digestible, very easy to understand whenever you want. Most things take an action. So like you said, move and attack and cast a spell or whatever. But even better is the fact that you can combine them in any combination. Some games care that if you moved, then you can't attack multiple times in one turn, things like that. But this, if you have three actions, you can attack three times or you can move three times or whatever. As long as you have the actions to do it, the game doesn't really care. It lets you do it for the most part. There's some stuff that is super, super duper special that you can only do once or twice uh, sure. a, a turn. But for the most part, all the basic stuff that you need, it's a couple actions and that kind of applies across the board and it's pretty easy to understand. I think another, this is a little more technical if you're, if you're new to things, but I think the other thing that makes things easy to understand is the, the game's proficiency system. Mm -hmm. uh, some games care about, you know, are you really good at this thing and are you bad at this thing? And then if you are, you get special numbers here and I, you know, add this other stuff and here sure. you don't do as much and all this other stuff. And that kind of still happens with Pathfinder. You're rolling a die, you want to get a big number, but rather than mix and match all these different things, it all works off the same system. Um, you know, you 
determine what your character level is. You might be a first level character or a 10th level character who's pretty strong or even an amazing demigod-like uh, 20th level character. But you take whatever your level is, you add uh, your proficiency. So you might be untrained, you might be trained, or it might be an expert in something or even a master or perhaps even legendary. But all of those just kind of represent an extra little number that you add to your level. And, you know, there's maybe a few other things, but for the most part, it's your level, your proficiency, and then you roll to see what you add. And that works across the board on all classes, all skills. You don't have to worry about learning. One class does things this way and the other class does things this way. It's universal and it applies to pretty much all the math in the game. Everything yeah. is working off this proficiency system. So once you understand that, you can kind of use that framework and, and understand any character you decide to play. That's true. Um, and that brings up a good point because this sort of proficiency system works with how good you are at swinging a sword to how good you are at dodging an armor to how good you are at climbing a rope. Uh, it's all, you know, or, or ch chatting with people. Diplomacy is a skill that uses the proficiency system and it all scales the same way, which makes it really easy to GM. If you're GMing and someone says, well, I want to, uh, you know, I'm going to use, like, I'm going to climb up the wall, but I'm going to do so with uh, these, like, claw weapons I've got. Like, I have these cool, like, clawed gauntlets, and I want to use those instead of just climbing up, because I'm really, like, punching the wall and sticking it in there and then lifting mm -hmm. myself up. You're like, okay, well, since I know everything uses sort of the same system, what I can say is, all right, you can use your attack roll to climb that wall. That sounds cool. Um, and maybe just give them like a minus two penalty, minus one or two on it. Cause you're like, that's kind of hard to punch a wall with spikes and climb it, but sure do it at a minus two, give it a shot. And then it, that, at least that way they have an option to, to do it versus if they wanted to climb it and don't have the right skill, they might be feeling like, oh, there's nothing I can do here. So it's really cool because if you're not sure, any given skill or ability can roll against any other skill or ability and basically the math works out close enough anyway mm -hmm. so. <laughs> uh, earlier in chat katsuni Rorlock, who is giving lots of additional advice so if you're here with us on twitch uh, you can read his comments he also had mentioned that it's nice for a gm standpoint with the three action system as well because if someone's trying to do something quite off the wall and you're like i don't i don't know what action there is to do that you can just say oh that's that's an action sure Give it a shot. That'll take you one action. And if it seems like something very complicated, maybe make it two or three actions. But again, it's a very versatile system. So yeah. easy to run. I think the one other biggest selling point that comes to mind for me uh, is more on the other side of the game screen. If you're uh, someone who runs a game, if you're a game master or you know, formerly a dungeon master or whatever, uh, referee, uh, <laughs> there's a lot to keep track in the game. But <laughs> I think the game also offers an opportunity to play with one of the more fun aspects uh, of the, the it's technically it's, you know, part of this whole action economy through action system thing is just all the ridiculous, interesting, exciting things monsters can do because <laughs> everything is kind of based on these three actions. Uh, the, the game kind of can understand the game is built in such a way that you know we know that attacking is one action so maybe a really big strong attack that can hit two people would be two actions together rather than just one action that's true or you know a big attack that can hit everyone around you might be all three of your actions and monsters get to play with this so much uh, encounter design creating 
you know, fights or, or, or challenging scenarios for, for players and for the story is really fun to play with as a GM. So if you are someone who has played with an owl bear in other games, you might be interested to, to learn about, you know, how owlbears in Pathfinder 2nd Edition have a thing where they can screech and make people terrified because of this loud ear shattering screech. And then they can move and then they can grab you and they can start tearing you apart with their beaks in ways that maybe other games would have a harder time to do. Uh, the action economy system kind of is there to build off this baseline and then go kind of wild with it, you know. Two actions, make it do something ridiculous. Three actions, yeah. <laughs> it's crazy and over the top. One action, it's kind of neat anyway, even if it's just one action, it's just an interesting twist on a thing you're kind of used to. Mm -hmm. And being able to play that, right? It's obviously interesting as, as a character, as a player to fight against something like that. But, you know, sometimes you're into having fun, just throwing out these monsters and, and getting to watch the players faces get covered and get, get full of confusion as they're like that the monster does what now mm -hmm. yeah it's pretty cool um yeah it definitely makes it easy to just like you said make your own variants and sort of on the fly adjust things the monster creation is pretty darn simple you don't have to figure out all the secret math to get all the numbers where you want it's a little bit more like all right well uh, they essentially got four defenses, uh, so make one of them decently high, a couple of them medium, and one of them low. Done. Uh, and it's a little bit like monster creation by numbers in that way, but in a way that frees you from having to having to worry about like, well, if I increase this stat or this ability, then that throws something else off, right? There was always a balancing act in a lot of other systems I know that I've designed for, and in second edition, it it's really kind of like what feels right and then give it some cool abilities that are really memorable. Yeah, absolutely. You, you, I think that's <laughs> the overall design philosophy is you want a memorable, yeah. exciting monster and you don't want the numbers and all this other stuff to get in the way of a fun time right. uh, during a fight, uh, which I think also just kind of extends to some of the, the other uh, GMing philosophy. You know, the, the game is very uh, helpful in, in helping you run the game and not getting in the way of itself, if if you will. Yeah, <laughs> right? exactly. it, it'd be very easy to have a lot of extra rules that keep popping up. They're like, oh, don't forget that when sure. a monster does this or when you run this trap or whatever, you know, just kind of set you off to go and, and have so, a, a chance to play. So we talked about uh, how easy it is for GMs to learn and run this game. And uh, Dead Phoenix even identified that is that that's one of the best selling points that they see so far is how easy it is to GM. And it is because you have a very structured a set of math to work around. So the numbers mm -hmm. always kind of work themselves out. You have the three action economy and uh, easy to make monsters. Like, Jesus, really easy to jam. It's pretty darn easy to jam. The other thing is it's actually pretty easy to play. Uh, one of the things that I think folks can sometimes get a little bit daunted by is that compared to other systems, there's a lot of character options. And it can sometimes go for, oh, there's a lot of neat things I can do to oh my gosh, there's so many things I can do, <laughs> how mm -hmm. there are so many decisions. Um, and one of the things that really helps though is unlike in some other systems I've played in where the decisions are very structured, if you make a decision now, then you, you're locked out of several choices later or like that's the last big decision you get to make. In second edition, you get to make a bunch of cool decisions all the time. And so what that means is as you go through uh, the game is going to give you a lot of options um, and like every couple, every level or two, 
you'll, you know, every two levels you get a new class feat, a new thing that your class can do. And every level you get a thing. So yeah, it's a lot of choices, but when you start at level one, it's really just like, hey, I'm going to pick out this, you know, these few things to build my character. And I hit level two and I got a couple more options and I hit the next level, a couple more options. And it makes it very um, approachable in terms of how to create your character. And yes, there are some things that it's like, oh, if you pick that earlier, now you can get a thing to make it slightly better. But for the most part, like you still got plenty of good stuff you can choose. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to worry about planning, you know, 10 levels of a character before you ever sit down to play. It's like, just just make something that seems like it's fun. It's really, really hard to make a character that doesn't work in this. Uh, Numbat18 also mentions that if you change your mind, if you choose something, you're like, you know what? I picked power attack and it's just not working out for me. You can retrain. That's an option that's baked right into second edition. If there's an option that you picked and you're not happy with it, just, you know, say, okay, like I spend, you know, a couple days, uh, maybe a week and I don't worry about power attacking anymore. And now I know how to, you know, grab people as I hit them and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) And uh, all that being said, I think I want to make, come back around to, all right, I want to try this out. I think we've hopefully sold enough people or tell them (laughs) enough that they can make a decision. I'm like, okay, that sounds interesting. I want to try this game out. You can try the the core rule book, you know, jump into that directly. You can get the beginner box. There's also, uh, this one does require having someone to run it for you. So this is a a great situation if you have someone who's willing to either learn the game and run it for you or already knows. But uh, there is a free demo. There's a, a short little, tiny little adventure, a little encounter and stuff for uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition called Torment and Legacy, which you can grab online, download that, uh, download some pre-generated characters. You don't even have to make your own characters uh, and just jump into it, get a chance to try out the game. Just, you know, I think it's about an hour or so, little demo and give it a go there. And then if you like that, there are other adventures that you can jump into from there. But, you know, one more opportunity to try this game for free because they, they seem to keep wanting to just get you to try this game out and they want lots of opportunities. So Torment and Legacy, or you can hop on Archives and Ethis. Um, plenty of cool stuff that you can work with to try the game out. Awesome. Uh, if you're like me and you're like, yes, I'm definitely going to play. The one thing that's daunting is, you know, like, as I said, character creation. I want to go back to that because to me, that's, that's a part that's a big barrier mm-hmm. to entry for a lot of people when they're playing a new game is I have this idea for this, you know, warlock with a, uh, you know, a hawk companion. I don't, I don't know. How, can I do that? How do I do that? I have no idea. Where do I start? Um, one of the things, uh, I meant uh, druid, but yeah, there's no warlocks in this one, but we do have some other cool stuff that can be warlock-like, uh, like a witch. Anyway, bygones. So you're like, you've got a character concept and you're like, how do I make this work in this game? Uh, there's a couple options available to you that are really, really cool. Uh, one is Hero Lab which is a program that's been around for quite some time and they will help you build your character. They'll tell you if you forgot to choose like a new skill increase or something at, you know, third level, they'll tell you all the stuff that you need to know. Um, There is a fee for Hero Lab, but it is is pretty top quality stuff. The other thing that I actually like is called Path Builder. Uh, It's available in Chrome or it's available on an Android phone and they synchronize, which is pretty cool. And it's, it's like, it's free. And then there's an unlock to unlock some like special options. It's like five bucks or something. Um, it's pretty darn affordable, but you can try the free one out if you're just starting. 
and uh, Path Builder is fantastic. Uh, as I said, that's my personal option uh, for for building characters, and I like it a lot <laughs> uh, because it, it'll it'll also walk you through and be like, all right, you've hit second level, so you need to choose a, a class feat and you know a, a skill skill upgrade or something. You're like, okay, great. Yeah, uh, so many tools. I think there are a lot of other tools that cover specific aspects. You, you know, you mentioned earlier the uh, PF2 Easy, where you can look up stuff. There are tools yep. online that you can use to help make monsters. So mm-hmm. most things in the game, someone has made a tool to make that even easier, uh, which is great. Um, so sounds like you're set to go then, Vanessa. You you have your character yes. made. You had your concept. You put them together, probably using Path Builder or whatever. Um, but what are you going to play? You know, are you going to just, you don't just make a character, right? You got to be part of the story. You got to play something. As fun as it is to have someone who's willing to craft a world or craft a story for you and and play in that, that's, that's sometimes a lot of work. That's true. And as someone who writes a lot of adventures, that is very true. (laughs) (laughs) It would be nice if someone would just do the work of figuring out the story and I can kind of run it for you i can tell you here's what happens and here's who you meet and here's the monsters you fight and luckily paizo does it all they also have adventures uh, available for for people to play that you are just ready to go pre-written uh, mm-hmm. and use a lot of the uh, world and setting that we mentioned earlier uh, to kind of help flesh out a, a, an amazing world and story uh, for for these adventures if you wanted to you could hop into uh, an adventure on your own by joining up with organized play, as you mentioned, the, the Pathfinder Society, they, they have lots of stories and adventures that they're running all the time. And you are free as an individual player to jump in on those, uh, whatever, you know, <laughs> if you can find a group running organized play scenarios, you can hop in and hop out as you need. You don't need your own group, but if you do have your yeah. own group at home or, or meet with regular people, with people regularly, excuse me. <laughs> uh, regular people, none of those <laughs> other people. <laughs> with people regularly, uh, you know, you might want yeah. uh, a more dedicated story or, or full-on campaign. Uh, and that's where the Pathfinder modules and Pathfinder Adventure Pass come in. They have a number of long-term <laughs> adventures that you can jump into. Some of these run for just a couple levels. That's still pretty long-term. That could be a couple months. Or some people commit entire years to playing a character from first level all the way to the end of the career at 20th level mm-hmm. with an Adventure Path which is pretty great. They're, they're really fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So look for the ones that start at first level. Uh, there's Troubles in Otari is really good. Mm-hmm. If you want kind of a clockwork Wild West vibe, there's Outlaws of Alkenstar. Uh, there's, uh, if, if you want a little bit of a, a challenge, I'd say, there's Fall of Plaguestone. So yeah, you've got a lot, of, a lot of good first level options. And more coming soon all the time. Yeah, all the time yes uh so yeah you don't even have to worry about coming up with your own story or, or adventure that can be kind of hard so you can hop over to to uh, buy an adventure pass or a single module or even they have some of these adventure paths coming out and fully compiled like if you don't if you want to just buy one big book it's all ready to go which is pretty fun uh and hopefully you know you love pathfinder or at least have you know feel like you got got your time and money's worth out of it enjoy your time with it and you know keep going with pathfinder dive deeper into the uh lost omen setting and, and world and stuff and 
you know, become a diehard Pathfinder fan like you, <laughs> or, you know, you just get your first taste of, of RPGs and, and try some other stuff out, you know, that's always fun too. Um, but if you decide to stick around with Pathfinder, there's a lot more than just the core rule book and the adventures out there. Okay. But you're not going to stay first level forever, right? And yeah, one yeah. of the things that happens in a lot of role-playing games is it starts to break down, right? At a certain mm -hmm. level, it's just too complicated or it takes too long. And all of a sudden, like a whole turn takes three hours for one turn. And are you kidding me? Now, Dead Phoenix had mentioned uh, in chat, high-level play supposedly actually works, which is kind of rare in these kinds of games. Luis, what can you tell us about high-level play? Does it does it fall apart? Does it work? How does what what changes when you are all of a sudden level seventeen and doing fun things? So a lot of RPGs uh, have a problem where as you grow in level, your your numbers get so big, you're you're doing such amazing things that uh, it, you become unstoppable or, mm -hmm. or or nearly unstoppable, right? If you go into a combat uh, and you can swing your sword and deal a bajillion damage, what's what's there to stop you nothing has a bajillion hit points nothing has a bajillion health it's just gonna die you're gonna swing your sword a couple of times and that there go all your enemies or you might be a wizard who literally can wish for whatever they want to come into existence who can stop that right. well the uh savvy designers uh, pathfinder second edition had the entire game's uh lifespan in mind when when designing these rules so these numbers sure they might feel like they get big but you're also fighting monsters that have their own big numbers and can take your bajillion damage. It's not bajillion, you know, more like a hundred damage or whatever. But <laughs> you can, you can take a, a hundred damage and it doesn't take out the monster right away. It's tough. It's an enormous, powerful dragon or an ancient construct that's, you know, protecting these ruins that are 10,000 years old. It's, it's powerful. And it plays out about the same speed as any other combat or, or the game at any other point. In, in your career, like your, your character's adventuring career, right. while giving you the chance to play with these bigger toys and more exciting abilities and stuff. And as someone who has run games all the way to 20th level and run high level stuff, I can tell you it works fantastic, <laughs> especially compared to other games where I've run it to 20th level and it gets really out of whack <laughs> with yeah, some of its yeah. math. One of the reasons I think it stays intact really well is also because of that three action economy we talked about. Yeah. Um, there are ways to get a fourth action like haste. There are ways to get another reaction depending on your class. But generally speaking, that's it. You're, you're not going to have like one of the reasons that high level combat also falls apart, not only because of the math is because of how many interrupts and stuff there are, you know, yeah. when you don't put a cap on it and as some other systems do, and it, it ends up being one of these, like, I interrupt you, I interrupt you, I interrupt you, I interrupt you. And, you know, one attack causes eight other things to happen. And all of a sudden you're just like, that took so long. And that was the first action of the combat. And oh my gosh, we'll be here all night. Yeah. Versus in second edition, you, sure, you can use a reaction. haha, -ha, And you might have a second reaction, maybe. Ha-ha. And that's it. Like, we're done. You're done with reactions until it's your turn again. Or you also don't have to worry about the fighter running yeah. up to someone and then hitting them with the sword six times in a row on yes. their first turn, right? Yeah. They can at most do the three actions, and that's still limiting regardless of what level you are. I think so far we've looked, I think the theoretical limit for attacks in a round is five if you really, really try. But because of how it works, uh, the more you swing in one turn, the less likely you, likely you are to hit. So even with five attacks, it's like hit, maybe hit, miss, 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 miss. 
Now, if you manage to hit all, with all five attacks, then congratulations. That's probably the most exciting thing that's ever happened. That's probably true. That would be, uh, I, I can yes. imagine my, my game group just going wild. We, we would be cheering and clapping forever. Uh, but, you know, it, you can still do amazing, exciting things, even if you can't do five attacks in a row. You're, you're still maybe getting a chance to cast a wish <laughs> or, yeah. or uh, do things where you... Uh, literally cut the space between you and your enemies to bring them closer because you're an, an unstoppable what? fighter. Okay, one last thing. So mm -hmm. we talked about just in the core rulebook, there's a bunch of classes and stuff like yeah. that. But I, what if I have a really wacky concept, right? What if I'm like, I want to play a wizard who wears full plate armor and rides around on uh, an elephant. I, I want that character concept. Okay. Can you do it? I think we can do it. We might need what? to open up an extra book. Sure. But it's possible. And mm -hmm. it's possible because of something that I think that second edition did really, really well. And that is they made uh, multi-classing like, okay, well, if you want to be a wizard in armor, I guess you could be a, a wizard fighter. And then if you also wanted an elephant, you could be like a druid for an animal companion. Um, and like, if you were playing a lot of other games, it's just really hard to multi-class and get all the things you want. Mm -hmm. Second edition is really cool in that they have these archetype dedications that, uh, just take in instead of a class fee, right. Instead of a cool new wizard spell trick or something that you get, you can say, well, I'm also kind of part fighter and I learned how to wear heavier armor or, uh, I'm also part, you know, whatever. Well, I don't know. I don't want to be a druid. That ruins my concept. I just want my best friend the elephant to ride around on. They have things that aren't even multi-class to other classes that exist. They just exist as little, what we call uh, dedications, archetype dedications all on their own. And one's Beastmaster, which literally the whole thing is you have a, an animal best friend who hangs out with you and goes on adventures with you and is very cool. So you could be, you could be a wizard who takes the heavy armor dedication, which is called Marshall. And then takes is that what i think that's the martial one that's sentinel sentinel thank you yeah. so your wizard with sentinel for the heavy armor and Beastmaster to ride around on an elephant boom we did it <laughs> yeah and again i think <laughs> i i have to double i have to double check where the elephant comes from but i think you can do that all by just opening one extra book compared yeah. to the core book which is the the advanced player's guide it has extra classes and and options and you know new abilities sure. and items and stuff and that's a i think one last uh you know selling point for pathfinder is they just keep putting out books keep putting out books. so many options and new, new things you can do and there's a lot of friendly people out there that if you want to play a wizard in armor on an elephant and aren't sure how to mechanically make that work you just have this concept uh, there's a lot of friendly forums and chat rooms and discords and things where you can chat with people, including at No Direction's own Discord, which you can find out, uh, get a link to either in the Twitch chat right now, as I'm sure someone will paste it in a hot second, or you can go to nodirectionpodcast.com and look for the Discord link. And it is one of the chillest places to hang out and talk about games. And if you are new, it is a very welcoming community and they are happy to have you there and happy to help you along and figure out how to do a kobold that uses a deadly hula hoop as a weapon while also uh, shooting fireballs because of their magic blood. Like, whatever, you know, you, you can do it. <laughs> 
Which, which yes, correct. You can make that character. <laughs> you I sure can. Very easily. Like, yeah, I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm coming uh, up with wacky ideas just because it's like, yes, that, that exists. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So there, there's so many options and, and, and things you can work with. Uh, Paizo's put out six or seven just direct expansions to the rules and classes and new stuff you can do. That's great. Uh, but you know, that maybe is a little out in the future for, for your brand new Pathfinder player. You're, you're just jumping into this career. And we unfortunately don't have enough time to just tell you all the ins and outs of everything, all the, the little bits. We, we can definitely help you. I wish like I said on the Discord. Uh, but um, luckily, we're not the only people out here doing this kind of thing and, and providing answers or, or guidance and, and stuff like that with Pathfinder 2nd Edition. And uh, again, I will point to No Directions uh, legend lore podcast does deep dives on specific subjects there is a, an episode all about character creation so if you want to jump in and finally make a character we guide you through the steps you need for all of that and we can talk about the specific classes and stuff like that there are also uh, podcasts and, and um, youtube channels and, and all these other places on the internet that, that, that are helping a few that come to mind for me are uh, rise of the rule lords <laughs> which uh, covers rules, the uh, rules lawyer, uh, and how it's played are all great channels that you can visit to to get specifics about the rules or or, mm -hmm. or some guidance on, on specific subjects. But that's, again, a lot of rules to keep track of. And I think what I want to kind of end this thing on is just a reminder to not to sweat the, the rules. It's you're yeah. going to mess up rules. I mess up rules. I, I know this game pretty well and i still mess up <laughs> rules uh and <laughs> it just it happens don't don't sweat the the small stuff uh as long as everyone is enjoying themselves at the table i think that's really what it comes down to if you read the core rule book it literally says the first rule is that all other rules need to go out of the way as <laughs> and and get out of the way of the the enjoyment that you're having that's the important thing is everyone's having a fun time a safe time just and, roll with uh, it, basically. Roll with it, yeah. <laughs> the the dice and the situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't get too bogged down. You know, if you're worried about exactly how this thing works, you can look it up later. That's how I learn most of the games that I play. Is we just sort of, if no one at the table really knows exactly how this mechanic works, we figure out what seems fair, we move on, and then later we, you know, we go look it up and go, oh, that's what we were supposed to do. Okay, and the next time we do it that way, no big deal. And that, that applies to both sides of the table. If you're running oh, yeah. a game or if you're a player, you don't don't sweat it. Players won't know if you accidentally forgot to do, uh, you know, an action that the owl bears, you know, beak to eviscerate you, right? Oops, I forgot I could do that. No one's going to know. Or if you, in good faith, are, oops, I forgot that I uh, needed to do this and have... A specific stance on before I could do this cool ability. Just remember next time it'll be fun. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Uh, and the other thing I think I would also suggest is when you do start to tackle that big giant core rule book, like Louise said earlier, don't try to read the whole thing. You can, but it's hard to retain 600 pages of information. Right. I would start by reading some of the intro stuff at the beginning and then go to whatever attracts you the most. If you are excited about all the cool spells that there are, start browsing the spell section. Don't read every single one. It's it's a reference book more than anything else a lot of the time. Just sort of skim the titles and read the ones that sound really neat to you. 
And then if you're deciding to, okay, you're going to build a character, look at those class summaries and figure out which class sounds like the thing that you want to do. And then just read the intro on that one. Like, you know, don't worry about the rest of them. They'll, they'll take care of themselves. You'll read it later. Just look at the things you're actually using. And, uh, and definitely like Luis also just suggested just uh, talk to your community, talk to the, the chat rooms, the forums, um, other folks on a Twitch show that's live that you can ask questions of the host uh you know just ask around uh it's a it's a pretty darn friendly community and we're all happy to have you here so all right yeah. any other last things i think that's it right, give cool. it a try give the game a try that's all you really got to do yeah fantastic all right well we are a news reviews and interviews podcast so the next thing we're going to do is pathfinder news pathfinder news Pathfinder news! Pathfinder news! In the Pathfinder news segment, we talk about all things related to Pathfinder and goings on there. Oh so goodness. any news that come about with Paizo or Pathfinder or, or you know, uh, friends of the, the game or friends of the show, stuff like that, we will uh, try to report the news. And yeah. wouldn't you know it, there's not too much news this time around. What? There's a couple big pieces, I thought. There's, there's a couple big pieces, but I feel like the biggest piece, or at least one of the big pieces this this time around, is that Gen Con 2022 is right around the corner. That's Literally true. starts next week. It does. On the 4th of August, I believe, is, is the first day of Gen Con, uh, which means that Paizo will have a lot of cool big announcements and exciting news about the future of pathfinder and then their other game starfinder and that means there's not too much to announce just yet if we wait till after gen con i'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about but yeah gen con 2022 is just around the corner uh i will be there because hey wouldn't you know it? i happen to work for paizo so i get to go out and uh share the the love that is pathfinder at gen con so if you're going to be at the con uh come on by i'm happy to say hi or point you at to where the flip mats are at our booth <laughs> uh, i'm gonna be there on the weekend i'm not sure about friday or thursday because i have a day job but i might be there in the evenings and yeah i'll be running around probably hanging out around the pathfinder like the paizo seminar room and the org play area and maybe down at the booth just hanging out and saying hi to people uh, so i'm i'm using it as a social visit i know there's like a billion cool games to play but mm -hmm. <laughs> i have uh, I have industry friends from all over the world that I don't get to see very often. So I usually use it as a time to catch up with them. <laughs> yeah. And if you're not going to be able to make Gen Con or, or aren't going out, that's okay. If you're interested in Pathfinder, Paizo is doing online seminars. They're doing um, different, uh, I think there's eight or so hours scheduled of, of different uh, panels and seminars. Uh, some of them are going into the future uh pathfinder starfinder giving you new product uh teases and stuff like that some of them are more in-depth stuff uh like hey if you have questions about gming or the rules i think you can ask them there uh there's i think an intro to pathfinder <laughs> panel that's going to be there so if you want to still learn more about how do i get into this you know yeah. you can hear it from from Pisa themselves uh lots of cool stuff that you can uh learn from from the panels there or if you are there there's also organized play at the the convention there's going to be a lot of cool stuff uh to play lots of new scenarios and it's the start of the new season season four uh season of wonder 
I can't remember the exact name of it, but uh, yeah, new season is going to be kicking off at Gen Con as well. So lots of exciting stuff as it always is for Pathfinder at Gen Con. I'm trying to find there was someone asked about the Paizo schedule. I don't know that official one's been announced yet. I'm not sure either, but I will post a link to their latest blog post that shows um, uh, hopefully uh, information. I think it, it links to the Gen Con event list that tells you. Now oh, that's just a big list of all the organized play uh, yeah, slides. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure those will go up very soon. You can always keep an eye out uh, yeah. on the uh, Paizo site or their Twitch to uh, get more information on the schedule. Very cool. All uh, right. What other news? Um, this is a recent development or a recent announcement since we last had our uh, last episode is that there's another Kickstarter for a, a uh, Pathfinder uh, board game. Called Pathfinder Revolution. Oh, I did see that. That looked really cool. Pathfinder Revolution is not exactly a new game. Uh, it looks like Steve Jackson Games is behind this, and Revolution is an existing board game that is getting a, a Paizo skin, a Paizo theming on it. So if you are interested in all things Pathfinder, this might be a fun <laughs> board game to check out. Or if you've played Revolution before and would love to have it with a uh, Pathfinder twist, if you want to visit the city of Corvosa and try to take over uh, as its uh, ruler, uh, you can check out Pathfinder Revolution, which is currently funding uh, on Kickstarter. It, as of right now, has nine days to go, and it's at 34,000 of its 50,000 goal, so probably on track to, to fund. I, I can't say for sure, but uh, you know, there's a decently good chance that you'll, you'll be able to get that board game and get it all. Uh, and yeah, probably some extra fun goodies with it as well. Do we know, is it a co-op game or is it competitive? I don't know anything about Revolution <laughs> myself. Okay. So, um, I, the very brief thing I can tell, it looks to be uh, competitive. Okay. I was trying to figure out just by searching the word co-op if, uh, if anyone was talking about it on there. Because um, I know that my wife and I usually just play co uh, cooperative games. Mm -hmm. We both tend to be very competitive, and so going against each other is not usually healthy. Uh, instead, we just like to go against the game. So, player so, versus player, Atari says. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. So, what you'll need to do is when you pick up the game, find three other people to play with, and then you and your wife can play together as one team. As one team. Player. That's right. That's and actually then, not a bad idea. <laughs> then, then you're technically co-oping against everyone else. <laughs> uh, uh -huh. So, yeah, that's uh, another in the line of uh, a number of Pathfinder. Uh, and Starfinder board games that have been announced or even released as of late. I know there was the um, to the, the level up uh, Cobalt game. I think Pathfinder level 20 is what it was called, mm -hmm. um, where you are a, a group of Cobalts that are the last five XP that the, the heroes need to level up and you got to survive. Yep. It sounded pretty fun. Uh, I think there's uh, Starfinder board games coming up. So lot, lots of other ways to try out uh, a taste of Pathfinder uh, without having to get into a role-playing game if you're not really into that quite yet or you know you're more just in the board game just want to dip your toes in you know and see what yeah. it's like mm -hmm. very cool um this is uh, a smaller thing but um wrath of the righteous which is a a video game that was put out by uh owlcat studios last year uh on pc a very fun crpg that i think has gained a lot of 
praise mm-hmm. uh, in, in the time that it's come out. A lot of people love it. I haven't taken a dive because I, I don't, I'm afraid of losing 120 hours of my life. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I own it. And I got through, like, I didn't even get through the first chapter. I got mm-hmm. a ways in and realized I'd already spent maybe 20 hours in the game and thought, <laughs> oh no, because I'm the type of person who wants to like explore every nook and cranny and do every side yeah. quest and do all the things. And there's so much content in that game. Uh, yeah, it'll it'll easily just become the thing that I do uh, instead of my day job if I'm not careful. Yeah, if you're not careful, you'll lose three hours to character creation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, Wrath of the Righteous has been out on PC and is coming to consoles September 29th. I believe That's it's coming cool. to Xbox, PlayStation, and Switch via uh, Cloud Play. I don't remember the exact details on which of those consoles, but assume all major consoles. September 29th. So it, it happened with the Kingmaker game, which is a, the, their first release. Uh, they all play console. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, not surprised that Wrath of the Righteous is making its way over. And I'm sure it'll come over with a fair number of the, the DLC that is already out for the PC version. Fun games. Um, the, I guess this is kind of news. Um, if you were a listener of our last episode, we, we talked a lot about uh, Roll for Combat's Eldemon. Uh, mm-hmm. just a quick update hey their kickstarter goes live tomorrow so if you're interested in that go ahead and check that out fun times friends of the show yeah. uh, mark sector and steven glicker uh this one is not the the most i mean it's it's a bittersweet you know uh piece of news but it's uh jason keely a I think he was managing developer is his official title for the starfinder side of things so he, he doesn't work with Pathfinder directly the way I do, but it has written a lot for Pathfinder Adventures and contributed a lot of Pathfinder content. Announced yeah. today on his Twitter that it was his last day at Paizo, which is sad. We're sad to yeah. see Jason go. I, I've worked with him a lot and was in his campaign that he started at the office and continued. It's a continued campaign. I play with him tomorrow night, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, so it'll be also, sad to see him go. Yeah. He's also a cast member uh, on here on No Direction on yes. Adventurous. So mm-hmm. Uh, I still get to hang out with him on a pseudo regular basis playing that. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah. he is uh, moving on to uh, other opportunities outside of Paizo, who I think he said he's going to you know, talk more about it later this week. So mm-hmm. we're sad to see him go, but also so excited to see what he does next. Yeah, uh, he's a very talented guy and really he's, nice guy. He's, he's hilarious. I, I love James. <laughs> he's really funny. <laughs> uh, very much a theater kid. yes uh great guy um i think that's all the major news that i have um here um unless you have anything else i think we'll be probably coming back with a lot of news uh post gen con (laughs) uh yeah i think so probably way too much news probably dedicate an entire show to it similar to how we did PaizoCon because Mm -hmm. so much news uh, all right, on to wrap-ups and shout-outs. Wrap-ups and shout-outs. Wrap-ups, wrap-ups and shout-outs. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get tired of you doing that. <laughs> it's a but, little different every time. Yeah. It's, live it's a, performance. Uh, live performance. Every every episode of No Direction is personalized. Uh, <laughs> so thank you very much for listening to uh, No Direction episode 281 uh, of the uh, No Direction Network's uh, 
main podcast in the direction uh mm-hmm. we uh before we go we have oh, a number of things that uh we would like to shout out we always love to point out a couple of things going on whether pathfinder related or not i do have a tabletop rpg related thing here uh not okay. necessarily pathfinder exclusive it's a it's an rpg agnostic um i'm gonna shout out to two things one is Dungeon Draft, which is an amazing piece of software that I use and I highly recommend, which is why I'm shouting it out now, which is uh, helps you build encounter maps. Right? Dungeon Draft is a, a one-time purchase, uh, 20 bucks or so, last I remember, uh, but you can use it to build you know, dungeons, you can build houses, you can build whatever you want, any kind of yeah. two-scale grid encounter map you can build in Dungeon Draft, which is already great. It's really useful. I've used it a lot for my home games. There are some maps in adventures that I feel like I want to spruce this up or make it even fancier. And then I recreate it and then you can just export it and have it ready to go for your home game for virtual tabletop, whatever you need. Dungeon Draft, it's really amazing. There are a lot of also amazing creators out there um, creating their own personal or personalized assets. So if you want a specific look to your map, you can you know, hop on to, to different, uh, you know, there's uh, different creators that, you know, have different looks and, and, and themes and stuff for their stuff, or there, there's assets for sci-fi stuff, if you prefer that. Uh, you can make basically a battle map for any type of game. But the other thing I wanted to shout out was <laughs> a, uh, a specific YouTube channel that I actually just found uh, a few days ago, uh, which is uh, called Fake fairy tale uh it's not very big it says it's got 1.5 thousand subscribers 1500 subscribers but all it is is just a bunch of uh tips and tricks on how to use dungeon draft and tutorials and and different great stuff so if you're interested in it you can check out dungeon draft and then if you do end up buying it and feel like it's got a, a bit of learning curve you can follow on fake fairy tales tutorials to help you out with this that's awesome uh i only had one I only had one shout out that I, I had. I was going to shout out for our friends over at Roll for Combat, but you included mm-hmm. that in the news section, which I think is absolutely just fine. <laughs> but I wanted to shout out to uh, the the PF2 Easy site, pf2easy.com mm-hmm. again, specifically because they have a new feature I didn't know about before. I was getting it loaded up. Uh, that new feature is an encounter builder. So one of the things when you're trying to build encounters in second edition is sometimes the combination of creatures to hit the right experience threshold can be a little, a little challenging, a little wonky because you, you know, you want a balanced, uh, a balanced encounter, but because of how the math works out, it ends up being like one creature that's higher level than them and four creatures that are way lower level. And like, how does that all fit? Well, I like this because uh, it lets you, I'm going to put it back up on the screen and just show you really quick. It lets you pick a party size and a level and a difficulty, and then it will tell you the sorts of things you can use and you just add little placeholders. So you say, well, I, I'm doing a level seven moderate. I'm going to add a level five. I'm going to add a little seven, level seven. Uh, and then it grays out everything that you don't have the budget for left. And it says, well, you could add, you know, one level four, one level five or like two level threes. Oh, let's do that. Okay, cool. And so now I've got all these placeholders for four creatures to go against the party. And then when you click to search, it shows you all of the level seven creatures that are there, which is pretty cool. 
And if you know that you want, oh, I don't know, some sort of fiend leading the charge, you can just search on fiend and it just gives you the fiends. And this makes encounter building so much easier because there's definitely times where, especially now Pathfinder's been out for a while, um, I am known for writing published adventures. And sometimes I'm like, well, I really need like a third level undead of some sort. I don't, I don't know exactly what I want to put in here, but I've talked about uh, death and decay and whatever, and it would be a perfect place for an undead monster. But, you know, I've got a few picked out, but there's like room in my budget for one more third level. I can come in here and just search for it, or I can build whole encounters in here. And it's really, really neat because it'll just, it, it does the math for you. It helps you figure it out and narrow it down. So that is something that I just... I think it's going to be invaluable for mm -hmm. not only other young designers who are building their own adventures for publication, but also just for the home GM who's like, hey, I'm trying to throw a game together for Saturday night. And uh, this just makes it really easy. I can just say how many of each thing I want on there. And it it, it tells you. So I love that. Uh, I would absolutely definitely go check that out. I'm going to paste it in chat. Yeah. And so that's the biggest thing I have to shout out right now because I used that earlier on a project I'm working on and it's, it's cool. It's legit. Um, and I think, I think that's it. I think that's, that's the show. So if, uh, if you want to keep chatting with us, uh, you can head over to our discord. Remember the discord we talked about that you can find a link to from nodirectionpodcast.com and click on the discord link. Uh, you can chat with us there, but you have to be a patron to chat with us in a show uh, that we call Pathfinder After Dark. No, that's not what it's called. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we call it Pathfinder Nights. It's a patron's private sanctuary. And so if you're a patron of us on the Patreon website, link is also on our website. Uh, and you link your Patreon account to your Discord account. So in Discord, you say, hey, that's my Patreon account. Um, you'll automatically be let in. And because this is a welcome to episode, I'm going to do this. I'm going to welcome you to the, to the patron's sanctum. I'm actually going to add one night only the everyone group to those channels. So you can come and see what all the hubbub is about and have fun with us and ask us our questions. This is a much more relaxed question answer. If you want to get on the mic and chat with us, you can. Uh, you, you, the patrons, decide what we're going to talk about. But I'm going to open that up tonight for everybody. So come and check it out and hang out with us and, and you know, ask us more questions or whatever you want. Just chat. Just chat. It's, it's chill. It's cool. So we do about a 30 minute show after each of our live shows here. And uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. Well, Luis, I think I think that covers it. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone out there on the interwebs, uh, welcome to Pathfinder. And mm -hmm. if you need to find the path, you need no direction.